T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Hit and Run on Sports Radio 670, The Score, Chicago Sports Station. And we have a pinch hitter today. It's Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We're live and local today, guys. Caesar, I love the text message. Somebody said, I thought Spiegel's voice box got shot. What's what up, Gabe? It's been a rough weekend, guys. It's been a rough weekend. But it's, it's going to get better, especially here in the city of Chicago. Reason being... For the first time in seven years, the Cubs own a top 10 pick in the Major League Baseball draft. They pick seventh, then again at 47. First time in seven years. I feel like the Cubs have been so bad. Nah, see, that's me taking shots. That's me taking shots. I don't want to do that. I get crap on Twitter for that. Chicago underscore Gabe is where you can find me. And where you can find my next guest is at Cub Prospects. Joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, is Brian Smith, writer for Bleacher Nation. Brian, you know I love having you on the show, man. I feel like I get smarter every time I talk to you. Thanks for hanging out today. Yeah, thanks for having me back. There's nothing like a top 10 pick to change the vibes a little bit in the, in the city around baseball. Right? Now, now, before we get to the top 10 pick, let me ask you a question about the 47th pick. Is there yeah. – are, are you – like, is there value that like should Cubs fans be excited about a forty seventh pick, or is that someone that you just like? Hey, you know what? Put that thought put in the back burner because that's probably not going to be anything. You know, the interesting thing about the baseball draft, as opposed to all the other sports, is that it's kind of a puzzle where it's a connection of of the different picks you have, the slot that you pay those guys at those picks, and then the overall amount of money that you're allowed to spend on the draft. So, what the Cubs could do is got, sign a guy with the seventh pick that's a little lower that they value higher than other people, but you know maybe they only pay him four and a half million instead of six million. They save that money, they put it into the forty seventh pick, they get a three million dollar player there that that's like getting two first round picks. So that is an option the Cubs are definitely considering. It's one they've used in the past. So the forty seventh can be something. Or, you know, they could opt to go low on that pick and then and then that the odds of that guy are lower. So more than the slot that a guy has taken, what you want to watch at the end of the day is what amount do they sign for? Because that's probably the best hint at how good of a player they could be. That makes a lot of sense. And when you're talking about the differences in drafts in major league sport or major sports, the scouting is just so important in baseball yep. because of how deep you got to look. And, and, and is, you know, because in an NFL draft board, you got 30 guys on the board. You're just scratching them off as they get gets closer to your pick. A baseball, I can imagine like, 
the baseball room has got to be crazy. There's going to be like hundreds of guys there. What, 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 what's your take on, on the scouting departments in Major League Baseball? Yeah, I mean, baseball scouts are incredible, in, incredible people that they can, you know, they can scout a first-round pick all spring and have a full report on him, but they also know 10 more guys within a couple zip codes of that guy's area that might be a 12th-round pick, might, you know, a junior college player that might be a good option in the 15th round. It, it's it's an insane job, and I have all the respect for those guys. I can only imagine the dinner conversations. Their wives all hate them because they're like, hey, yeah. you know what, honey? I found this kid in Tempe. He's made, he, how, how many years away, honey? He's like eight years away, <laughs> but, but he's a killer. He's a dog. Uh, of course, we're talking to Brian Smith from uh, Bleacher Nation, joining us right here on 670 The Score. It's hit and run. I'm Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel. Let's go ahead and talk about that seventh pick. You know, you've heard you know guys like Drew Jones sitting atop the, the board for the Orioles at one. But do you feel like the Cubs are going to go pitching or fielding? for that number seven slot? I think I would say it's probably an 80 to 90% chance that the Cubs end up with a hitter with the seventh pick. I think the draft board this year really sets up to get a hitter. I think the only chance that it's a pitcher is if the Cubs do that thing where, you know, maybe they find a pitcher they like that's, that's only asking for three, three and a half million dollars or something like that. But the overwhelming likelihood would be a hitter. I think they're hoping one of those young teenage high school hitters falls to them. If not, then then they might get interesting to go to look at a lower number for a college guy that they like. Who are some names that you could throw out there that could be available around that seven slot that you feel would be high quality guys that can contribute? Yeah, I think Cam Collier is a guy. He's Lou Collier's son. If people remember utility man, Lou Collier from the nineties, his son is a, uh, 17 or 18 year old. I can't remember if he had his birthday yet, but uh, he skipped his senior year of high school, went straight to junior college, played really good in junior college. Uh, even went to the Cape Cod league this summer, which is the most sort of premier summer league in the country hit really well there. And he's a guy that the Cubs, everybody knew earlier this spring, the Cubs were really connected, really liked him. And then the Cubs, I think, did a little back-channel work to try to tell people they actually didn't like him because the connection had grown a little too strong. (laughs) But I think uh, people are too smart for that these days, and I think people know the Cubs like Cam Collier a lot. Yeah, you're like, I'm not drafting LeBron James one. I I just didn't like his hairline. (laughs) I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want this dude. But you, you have seen the legacy that he's created, obviously talking about Luke Collier with his baseball team here in the city of Chicago. Obviously, cranking out some 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 good good talent that's heading out to college. So I have a couple of friends of mine that have worked closely with that team that they've been fans of Cam for quite some time and I even have some Sox fans on that uh, in that in that bubble that have said they might wear a Cubs jersey if Cam gets selected. That's that's nice. like seventh. That. Right, right. It feels good in that space. What do you think about uh Brian, let me ask you about just the Cubs farm system as a whole. I know we've had discussions about it in the past, but where do you think it ranks in all of Major League Baseball right now? In your personal opinion. Yeah, I think it's a top 10 system. It's probably not quite top five yet. I think the difference between when the Cubs had, you know, the best farm system in baseball before the World Series and now is they had multiple top 50 prospects back then. There were, you know, bat first offensive prospects. Those guys don't miss at very high rates. So if you have a, you know, if you have a top 40 hitting prospect, the return is pretty good on those. And uh, right now, I would say the Cubs system is deeper than it was then. I think they have, you know, 20, 25 solid looks at players. 
but they don't have that same number of just sort of can't miss guys. I, I like the number of top 100 guys they have now. I think they have four of them. But, you know, you one more year from now when those guys are a little bit closer to the majors, I think the Cubs will sort of be knocking on the door of a top five farm system. And obviously one of those guys, Pete Kerr Armstrong, got into the Futures game. Yep. What did you uh what what did you think when you saw him? Did you get excited? Did you get goosebumps on your arms? <laughs> what were you feeling when you were watching him? Yeah, I mean, cool for him to be back in LA. You know, he had he had custom cleats from uh, Alex Katz was the Cubs minor leaguer that also has a custom cleats company that, and he made uh, cleats for Pete. And one cleat was sort of based on the Chicago flag, and the other cleat was uh, his high school that he played for in the LA area. So very cool way to represent sort of both cities. And, you know, he had a double, which I think was only one of two extra base hits that his team had against, against the really good pitching on the American league side. So it was a nice day for Pete. I I have to imagine that's a, that's a big sort of like career high moment for him. Of course. And a career high, a career, uh, excuse me. And a big moment for Cubs fans, you know, as their team is in the midst of a pretty rough losing streak right now. And they're trying to find some sort of hope in in their future with these kinds of guys. Who are some other people that Cubs fans can look to when talking about the farm system and who who they can get excited about and get their goosebumps going? Yeah, so so Pete's in South Bend right now, which is the high A level. That team actually just had two pitchers that got promoted from high A to double A, which are two of the three best pitching prospects the Cubs have. Uh, Both left-handed pitchers. One is their first-round pick last year, Jordan Wicks, uh, who, who started the season just a little slow but has come on a ton the last month, six weeks, and I actually think could be maybe starting games in Wrigley next year. And then oh, DJ wow. Herz is a, is a younger guy, um, real funky left-handed pitcher, throws from a really unique arm slot and, and has struck out as many guys in A-ball as, as basically any pitcher his age in the last 10 years. And so. Um, but both those two guys, now that they've reached AA, I think are, should really be on Cubs fans' radar as sort of maybe the homegrown starting pitchers that we've been waiting for. What about Ed Howard? I feel like I just you know you, he, it sucks when someone gets hurt and then you just don't hear their name as much. Um, what, what's your take on the Ed Howard injury and, and the update? Yeah, I saw Ed this spring, and you know he had grown both not just muscle, but he was actually taller. I mean, he was standing next to guys in the Cubs farm system that, that I, that I know to be six four, and he was like, you know, right up there with them. And so, and the muscle growth had definitely come on. I think he was going to start to put the pieces together of being the offensive player. The Cubs hoped in addition to being a really good shortstop. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, he hurt his hip. You know, I think a pretty severe hip injury running to first base, uh, sort of hitting the bag weird, and he's out for the year. Uh, I'm very unfortunate to lose that year of development time, but I think the the reports on the surgery he had are pretty good, and you know it just remains to be seen if there's any athleticism lost from all that. But I think uh, the Cubs are hopeful that that won't be the case, and that next year he'll get back to South Bend and, and get back on his way. That'd be good if that was that that's the case. He's Brian Smith, writer for Bleacher Nation, joining us right here on Hit and Run. On 670 The Score, I'm Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel. It, it, to, to throw a, a curveball into this conversation, all these prospects we're, we've been talking about for the Chicago Cubs, what's the likelihood they just put every single one of them together and throw them at the Washington Nationals for, for Soto? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely considered that over the last 24 hours, especially since Soto turned down the, the big extension. But, 
even that, you know, I don't think is probably enough. I think the the Nationals, the Nationals are going to be hoping for a couple major leaguers, I would think, in addition to, you know, probably, yeah, five legitimate prospects. So I don't think it would be the craziest thing in the world. I mean, I think the Cubs value their depth and they, and they really like, uh, you know, having multiple options at a position, but Soto is a generational guy. And I mean, Soto is younger than some of those top prospects right. for the Cubs anyway. And 23, so, right. Yeah, I think if you, I mean, if you can actually get the Nationals to pick up the phone call, I think you would have to, you know, <laughs> offer them a ton. I think you'd be negligent in doing uh, your job if you didn't. When do the Washington Nationals come to town? Hmm. <laughs> when can they make that conversation <laughs> a little bit easier? Uh, let's talk about let's talk about uh, the Cubs today. Obviously, going up against the Mets, trying to uh, stop a a sweep. Do you think uh, you think they're going to be able to pull this one off today? You think they're going to get some runs on the board against this 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 tough Mets team? You know, I can't say I can be optimistic about the Cubs farm system all day. I can't say that I can be super optimistic about. That's the Cubs what I game. wanted from you, Brian. I want there we go. Every time you come on this show, you're so positive. You're feeling so good. You make your Cubs fans feel so so good about their team. And then I got to hit you with some some present day Chicago Cubdom for you i just i don't think they're gonna get exactly. swept i don't think they're gonna get swept today that, that, that's my thing maybe it's wishful thinking i just i just think for some one reason or another you know this is the game I mean, here's here's the other reason why i always like to look at the the odds and if the cubs are only plus 120 you know the rest of the country's betting on the mets so if they're still yep. plus plus 120 despite that 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 tells you something that tells you something that the money is right there and you probably should should go ahead and do that all right so let's get back to the prospects then so who who else is is uh, who else is going to get called up this year? Let's say like September, we got our call ups. Who's who's definitely going to be coming up to the roster this year? Yeah, I mean, it would be a dream scenario if Brennan Davis, the Cubs' sort of top prospect who's been injured lately, was able to turn it around and, and get called up by September. But I think that's probably asking too much. I think this year is going to be a little less prospecty in terms of call-ups. I think it's going to be a lot more sort of on the depth, like those guys further down the system where the Cubs are trying to figure out, hey, is this a guy that we should, you know, give a 40-man spot to in the future? Okay. Or is this somebody that we should sort of leave exposed to the Rule 5 draft this offseason or even sort of, you know, designate for assignment? So I think this year is, is more about sort of just finding out if those guys further down the list are, are guys. One guy that I can, you know, throw out as a name would be Cam Sanders, who's a right-handed pitcher at Iowa who can who can throw up to 99 miles an hour. His dad, Scott Sanders, is a reliever for the Cubs. And I think he's a guy that, that will get a look either. It might be as a starting pitcher, but what I could see the Cubs doing is sort of that Keegan Thompson bullpen role of, you know, two, three innings and, and seeing if, uh, if his fastball, you know, even plays up and maybe we're seeing 100, 101 from it. That would be something else. Brian, appreciate you as always for hanging out with us today. Have a fantastic Sunday, guy. Yeah, appreciate you. Thanks. Of course, Brian Smith, writer for Bleacher Nation. You can follow him on Twitter at Cub, singular, prospects, plural. Uh, Make sure you go ahead and do that. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. I'm filling in for Matt Spiegel today on Hit and Run. I I, I think he's bringing up a great point about who you should see in September. And that's what you want. Because the reality is one of those guys is going to hit. Whether you're asking or the Cubs are asking themselves, who who should we give a forty man spot to? Someone is going to step up and prove their value, and that's the cool thing about September when you get to watch that. We got more baseball to talk about on the other side. Of course, Sox taking on the Twins today, and I, as I just mentioned, Cubs 
going up against the, uh, the Mets for the final game of their four-game series. That'll be right here on 670 The Score at 1.20 p.m. Pre-game starts at 12.45. We got more baseball to discuss on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. It's Hit and Run on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Hit and Run on Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago Sports Station. Usually when I'm doing the hit and run, it's looking a little different than this. But today, filling in for Matt Spiegel, got to hold it down. It's Gabe Ramirez. We're live and local, baby. So we're going to do something a little different right now. This is a good one. Shout out to our, my producer extraordinary. This is where you have got to have great producers because they have the great ideas. First half of the season, all-star team, but only Chicago players. Now, I just might say every single White Sox guy that's there. It's going to be tough for you to sell me on someone else. But that's what you're here for, Caesar. We got to go position by position. So we'll start. We'll start in the backstop. Starting catcher for the first half 2022 Chicago All Star team. Who do you got? My team, Zebby Zavala. I know you're doing that on purpose because there's no way it can't be Wilson Contreras starting as the Chicago. What? Zebby's been killing lately. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fine. Make make an argument for Wilson Contreras. <laughs> I don't even, I mean, just look at his numbers. Just look at the guys. And the fact that he's actually is starting in the All-Star game for the real National League All-Star team, uh, I think that books him a spot as the starting catcher for the Chicago first half team. So we'll move past that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got it because I have a question. Are you going to, are you going to add Wilson Contreras to your Mount Rush 2016 Mount Rushmore tattoo of all the faces that leave Chicago? Are you going to add him on there? He, I got the outline done. He's just not filled in yet. He's not filled in. <laughs> I, in know. The outline, so. I know. All right, fine. That's the, you know what? You're sneaky. I was going to start pitcher. You started catcher, but you did that on purpose. I see what you're doing there. All right, so we got Wilson Contreras at the, at the catcher. First baseman? Come on. Don't even make an argument for anybody else. No, I mean, it's it's not that he's been good, but, I mean, you got to put a Bray, right? Because you're not going to put Schwindel there. Uh, and the Cubs, you know, they don't really have another first baseman that you're going to put ahead of Bray. You got to put a Bray, but it's not because he's been doing great. I'll, put, I'll say that. What? He's been killing as of late. Finally got over over double-digit home runs. That was impressive. He's been an RBI machine for the yeah. last couple of weeks. The last couple of weeks is the key, right? You had a you pretty slow Dude, start. Dude, this, this is a Cubs and a Sox conversation for sure. You're literally representing for all the, the Cubs fans out there that are Sox haters. So I'll let you say your whatever you got to say. But Jose Abreu has been dominant the last little bit. But, you know, he's holding his, he's on his own. And you know what he's done that's more important than anything else? And any stat that you can pull up, he's been fun in the clubhouse. Well, then you could say that's of late, but when, first of all, it's dangerous sliding on cement in, in the dugout, but all those sunflower seeds are creating like a slip and slide for you. So I get it, but that's the most important thing when you're, when you're trying to figure out why Jose Abreu was, was brought back and you know, what, what role he was having that, that fatherly role in that, that clubhouse. That's what he's doing right now. That's why he's more valuable. All right, let's go to second base. This is a tricky one because, I mean, dare I say, is, is Larry Garcia your starting second baseman for the Chicago first half All-Star team? We <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to say that. Can I, can I say, can I, okay, here's the, here's the problem we're going to have. Where, where is Christopher Morel? Where are we putting, slotting him in at? Because he plays all over the place. Because if we're doing this, then, then he's my second baseman. He's my All-Star second baseman for this, for this draft that we're doing right now. That is a tough one with Morel because he does play everywhere. Um, okay, I so, like it. I like it. Let's put him at second. We'll put him at second. Of course you base. like it because it's a Cub guy making the team. You don't care what, what I'm saying right now. I mean, you can. I mean, you, you can't say anyone else on the White Sox. 
You're not going to say Josh Harrison. You're not going to say Lori. It's definitely not magical on the Cubs. Right. I, I mean, it's definitely not magical. So, so we're, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm going Christopher Morel. I'm going to say we're going to slot him in right there, scratch him off the list so he can't make can't make it anywhere else. Shortstop. I know you're going to make a tough case for Nico Horner. It's a bad one. You cannot tell me that you're going to take Nico Horner over Ta. Not this year, but he's coming. Nico's coming, but not this year. Uh, you know, look it, at the numbers; they're they're not that far apart. I did see the numbers. I brought it up earlier. He's batting three hundred with an on base percentage of three thirty eight. That's horrible. You know that's horrible. All right, all right. When we talk about on base percentage, let's look at when you look at the average and the RBIs and and the home runs. He's he's right on par there with Tim Anderson. Who would you far. want? Okay, who would you want? Because this is our all star uh, all star game draft here. Who, who would you want batting one? You wouldn't want Nico there. You'd want Ta there. Yeah, I mean, it, yes, again, this version of this team this year, right? This first half, I will take Tim Anderson, but but Nico's coming, man. He's not, he's not that okay. far behind. Nico's okay. coming. Honorable mention. This is going to be a tricky one, third base. This is the tricky one right here because you haven't had phenomenal play on either side of town when it comes to third base. You know, you want to make the case for Yuan right here, but if you're taking the whole, this is a first half draft. First half all-star team, Chicago all-star team here. And he's been underwhelming, to say the least. Wisdom almost has 20 home runs. He has 17 home runs and 45 RBIs through the first half. I, he's got to be your third baseman. He's your third baseman. He don't have to be. Wow, this is tough. This hurts to say that. Because I really like him. I just told you how I wanted him in the two-hole. Build his confidence up. Talking about Yohan Mankata right now. His walk-up song should be his own bachata cut that he has. Maybe that'll maybe maybe that'll make him play better at home. Have him come out to his own song. All right, let's move now. We're moving to left field. So wait, wait, wait. Are we are we are we settling in on, on, on Patrick Wisdom right there? I thought that was the agreement. I thought we were on board. I thought we were on the same page there. Wisdom just so you know, just so you know, we have more Cubs on this team than we do White Sox. Hey, I'm just going by the numbers, man. I'm just going by the numbers. Well, fortunately, we're making our way out to the outfield. So left field, but I think I have you beat here again because Ian Happ, <laughs> Ian not- Happ is an actual all-star, right? So how are you going to put someone else on this team that's not an actual all Ian Happ's an actual all-star. Because he's not going to be on the team anyway in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to say because of that, that's why Wilson Contreras shouldn't be in there either. Left field, gosh. See, because right there I'm going to say I'm going to say Andrew Vaughn instead of him, instead of Ian Happ. I thought we were going to include a DH. I was going to put Vaughn as a DH. Okay, I'm getting greedy and I'm trying to figure out how to get Ian Happ out of there. You know, nope, we're going left field, Andrew Vaughn. That's where we're going. I mean, you would have had a shot maybe if if, if Eli would have stayed healthy, but you're not going to put right. Pollock in front of him, right? No, no, not going to put Pollock in front of him. You got to put, because again, an actual all-star, right? Vaughn's, I mean, uh, Happ is an actual all-star. I got to put him in left field. But you got me beat in center, right? Let's move to center. You're not going to put Wait, what are we in. doing left? Because is this a collaborative effort or you have a team and I have a team? I thought we were on the board with a half. I thought we agreed on half. No, I said Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn's my left fielder, and I, I, I'm taking him every day over Ian Happ. I love that I did that. Every day? Maybe the bat, but you're going to take his glove over Happ's glove every day? It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 the score, filling in for Spiegel. You got a, you got a Sox fan here. All right, center field, we got Luis Robert for sure. That's why I put Morell at second, so that that way he didn't have to you wouldn't have to give me some reasoning as to why Morel might be better than, than Luis Robert in center. And then when we go to right, who's your right fielder? Is it Saya? Is it Saya? 
Again, first I, half. I, we're, we're, we're basing this off not their entire body of work, just the first half of the season. And he's been hurt for a significant portion of it. But the time that he has played, he has been really good. Nah, I mean, I'm looking at both rosters, and I, 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 I hate to say, I don't think there's anyone better than Seiya is going to be in right field if we're putting together a first half All Star team. I mean, you got Chicago All Star team. Okay, are you going to put Nelson Velasquez has played some games out there? I mean, for the Cubs, uh, yeah. You, are you going to put Gavin Sheets as a Sox no, fan? Exactly, no, you're not going to exactly. put Sheets or Pollock. Wow. Okay, so two out of the three have gone to the White Sox in the outfield. Our All Star team. Okay, who's our starting pitcher? It's got to be Dylan Cease. Yeah, there's no. It's got to be Cease. Because I heard you say Keegan Thompson a second ago. Yeah, I was just joking with you out there. <laughs> uh, Cease has got to be the starter because again, uh, real All Stars went out, and there's a really good chance he's going to be an alternate. So I, I think Cease is going to be our our number one. Let's go three deep rotation. How about that? Number one, Cease. Who, who's your next two? I do want to show some love to Keegan because he has been pitching well this year. Best pitcher on the Cubs roster for sure. So so I'll put him in the three slot. See what I did there. Not yeah. number two. You got to give him three. number two. I'm going Johnny Cueto, baby. Give him the ball. Hey, I tell you what, Cueto, he's been a Chicago All Star for considering. right. Yeah, first I half. Mean, of, we're talking about first half of the season leading up to the All Star All Star break. What you've done? What have you done for me lately? Cubs wish they'd had Johnny Cueto pitching for them, throwing a couple of games for them. Might have lost more because of the run production, but I like that. Nope. Cease Cueto. Thompson. Yeah, I'm on board with you with Cueto. If we're just talking strictly Chicago baseball, right? Yeah. I think Cueto has definitely been a Chicago all-star in the first half, even though he came in a little later. That tells you something about the Sox rotation, yeah. I guess, huh? Well, it was just talking about how many uh, quality starts he's had. I think he leads the team, even though he came in the middle. So that's that's an impressive stat in itself. All right, you did want to go DH. So who you got there, then? That's got to be Vaughn. You got to put Vaughn as your DH, right? I mean, he's... You're still, trying, you're still trying to circle back and get Ian Happ on, on the All-Star team here. I'm just saying, if you're going to put someone in the field, I think you would rather have Happ out in the field and have Vaughn's bat, no? Yeah, have Vaughn yeah, be your DH and have Happ out there with his glove? I'm sorry, Sox fans. I don't know what I did. I don't know how I've caved to so many of these. But looks like a good lineup. we got to tweet this out. Our first half Chicago All-Star lineup. And we got the, a, a texter, 708. He says maybe Vaughn and Wright. What do you think about that? Vaughn and Wright and not Saya? But then who's our who's our DH? Either way, you're gonna I, I, lines are open. I'd love to take some calls and see where what we're missing here, or or maybe how you would move the the Tetris pieces. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Again, Gabriel is filling in for Matt Spiegel. It's hit and run. It's six seventy. The score. We got our producer extraordinaire Cesar Perez holding it down right now. So what it looks like, left to right, Hap Robert Saya. Oh my gosh. And then in the infield, you got Wisdom, Anderson, Morell, and Abreu. Catching, we got Sebi Zavala, <laughs> Wilson Contreras. And then our three-man rotation, we got Cease, Cueto, Keegan Thompson, and our DH, Andrew Vaughn. Gosh, that team doesn't even make the playoffs. Does that team make the playoffs? There's no way that team makes the playoffs. That team still doesn't make the playoffs, I mean, right? I get it. That team, I what division are you putting them in? That's a good. What division are you putting that team in? I, I don't think they're making the playoffs. That's tough, man. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick one. I would love to get some calls, see where we're, where we're missing over there. But then on the other side, definitely want to go over 
The White Sox got a big game today, of course, against the Minnesota Twins. Dylan Cease, who would be our starter on this fictitious Chicago All-Star team, he's on the bump today going up against Chris Archer. We'll go over the lineups. We'll talk about what the Sox need to do and what pitchers need to step up to the plate in order for the Sox to have a phenomenal second half of the season. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 The Score. This is Hit and Run on Sports Radio 670, The Score, Chicago Sports Station. Gabe Ramirez filling in for Matt Spiegel today. It's Hit and Run right here on 670, The Score. Let's talk about the Chicago White Sox, of course. We got to tip our cap, man. It's like if, if, if you're a Chicago sports fan and you're looking at the White Sox, Granted, they had a poor outing against the Twins first time around, you know, a week and a half ago. And then, obviously, they went up against the Tigers and the Guardians, which they split their uh, uh, series there. And then they, you just knew, going into the All-Star break, they needed to do something, something that made you believe. Even though you already were one foot off of the bandwagon for this team, you still held, held on to a, 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 a glimmer of hope that they would do something to make you feel like, okay, I'm not crazy. I did think this team was good, and they do have an opportunity to win the AL Central. So they win the first two games. Then Lance Lynn hits the mound. I've been talking about him all all day long. But now you got the fourth game of the series going up against the Twins. You got Dylan Cease on the mound. You just feel good. You feel good that your team should win three out of four against the Twins, but the game yesterday was tough to watch. It was tough to watch because as a Sox fan, you keep hearing about this phenomenal rotation that exists. But this isn't this isn't a bit uh, a video game. You actually have to go out there and, and pitch and and Lance Lynn, what he's done so far has just been somewhat frustrating. I, I mentioned it earlier the stats he only has he's only had one good game. All year, and that was against the Giants. Every other game, he's given up a ton of runs. And if you're this White Sox team that's been struggling to create offense, then you got to put your head down when you know Lynn's on the bump. It started off yesterday when he was going up against Arias. It's like first inning. First inning and you're saying to yourself, no. And then by the long ball, that's how you knew it was going to be a long day. But it didn't stop there. Carlos Correa was up in the bottom of the third. That ball is absolutely massacred to left field. 3-0 Minnesota. And Jason Bonetti wears his heart on his sleeve the same way that I do. When he's making those home run calls, it's like you almost feel bad for him. You're like, yeah, I feel that way too. But you're getting paid for this. Then, of course, Polanco comes up and just absolutely crushes the ball. Now Polanco tattoos this baseball to right field. And it has the length to get up and out of here. 
three home runs for Minnesota six runs total and the only thing that's gone wrong for twins fans is that non catch for that young fan six nothing Minnesota when Polanco makes it home and it's tough because it was a series of hits and homers it was almost like a, a carousel happening right there Gary Sanchez gets on in the bottom of the third with the single Carlos hits the homer then Byron Buxton gets on with the single. Kepler gets the infield single. Then another homer by Jorge Polanco. So it was just, you know, your third inning down 6-0, and it was tough. You got a little bit closer with Jose Abreu doing what Jose Abreu does, hitting that home run. On the ground up the middle, and that will get one run home. The throw is a little bit offline, but it does get the out. Out number two. Sox get a run on the ground up. Moncada scores Vaughn to third. RBIs, they're important, guys, no matter how you get them, whether you think they're a home run or you think it's a ground up that's scoring that. Of course, Yohan Makata getting the run right there. But that was it. That was it. I mean, obviously, you got attacked on a couple of runs later, but but at that point, you're already feeling bad. You're already saying to yourself, we're down 6-1. How, you know, these guys are going to probably attack on a couple more, which they didn't. Fantastic job by the bullpen coming in, handling business for the White Sox. But it's got to suck. It's got to suck if you're – a member of the Chicago White Sox, and you're down 6-0 that early. Tanner Banks came in, did a great job. Matt Foster, the Sox bullpen. Caesar, what, what's your take on the Sox bullpen? I know you're a Sox hater, but I like you know asking you layup questions so that that way I can get the answers back that I want to hear. I'm not a Sox hater. I mean, uh, oh, I am, dude, I'm, have I'm, you been listening? Have you been listening to this show? Have I'm you been listening fan. to the show? I'm not a Sox hater. <laughs> okay, I'm not a Sox hater. Uh, but the bullpen's been great. The, the Sox bullpen's been getting the job done, that's for sure. Yeah. Let's go ahead and listen to some Tony LaRussa. He was talking about Lance Lynn and how he wasn't getting the movement he wanted. The carry on just, you know, they wouldn't get the movement he wanted. The location went good, and then he got better the last two, and they punished him. Big home run was Blanco's. I mean, that really, really opened up the ballgame, but... That's the way I see it. It needs more than movement, I'll tell you that. He needs, you know, we know he's that, should be that ground ball, get a pop fly kind of a guy, but if he's not hitting his spots, ball's not moving, he's going to continue to give up runs like this. And I, I understand, hey, if you want him eating up innings leading up to October, hey, I just know that every game is extremely important for the Chicago White Sox. And I hope we had Lamont Pope on earlier, and he said it. He said, hey, but he has a good track record. Well, as a, as a, as a Chicago fan as a whole, I'm, I, I'm just a little, I'm a little tired of giving people the, the long leash. Mitch Trubisky, Matt Nagy. I've just, I've given people, so I feel like at this point, I'm, I'm not there anymore. I'm out. Lance Lynn, I'm sorry, dude. You just happened to fall on the, you know, I've had a bad six months with Chicago sports, and you just happen to be at the tail end of that. And so I apologize, but that that is how I feel. But Tony did speak on why Lynn is important for this Chicago White Sox team. Oh, he's, you know, wasn't he been running for uh, Cy Young last year? That's, you know, it's, that's one of the strengths of our club, the five guys that go out there, so he's one of them. He's one of them. He'll be the fifth guy if it comes if they make the playoffs, and that guy's not touching the mound. There will now be a five-man rotation in the playoffs if the Sox make it. And 
you're going to have to make a very good argument to put Lynn on the bump at four over Johnny Cueto with the way he's been pitching. Cesar Perez and I made a first-half all-star team with just Chicago players. Guess who was our number two starter? Johnny Cueto. Do you think Lance Lynn would have made that team, Cesar? If he had been, what, pitching all year? He'd have been DFA'd. He would have been DFA'd. <laughs> he would have been DFA'd on that team. Uh, going back to our team real quick, though, we did fail to mention a closer, and I think we'd probably be both in uh, agreement. It'd probably be Liam Hendricks, right? Of course, because he's a real all-star. The way you've, you you slotted in Ian Happ there. So we'd have to put Liam Hendricks in that position. I think that puts the Sox at more players than the Cubs on that team now. Real All-Stars win out. Real All-Star. If you're an actual All-Star, you should be on the uh, Chicago All-Star team, right? Of course. We got to post that. We got to post that. Get on Canva and make like a cool little thing with our, with our squad right there. Of course, now we got to go to the other side of the city. Cubs taking on the Mets today at 120. Pre-game starts at 1245 right here on 670 to score. Zach Zabin holding you guys down. And they had a tough two yesterday. Felt bad. I felt bad because they they, they played well. That's the thing. Mets Mets got to let's start Caesar. Let's start with, with what Rossi said about about the Mets lineup and how the Cubs had to fare against them. Uh, I think we try to win them all. We try to win them all. Yeah, I don't. The efforts there. That's what I look for. I mean, these guys fighting to the end today after we didn't play really clean baseball there um, kind of made some mistakes that gave that game away and still these guys are fighting tooth and nail right to the last pitch bases loaded Wrigley Field on their feet at the back end of a double header is really impressive to me of the character of the group um, we're going to find a way to win uh, these guys keep giving the effort every single day day night double header uh, against a first place team with a $300 million payroll. These guys are fighting their ass <laughs> off. So really proud of that. Really proud of that. Just gotten word from the press box that David Ross has been ejected from this game. Apparently, during the break between the second and third innings, Ross had a conversation with the home plate umpire, Ramon De Jesus, and must have said something and got ejected. Second time this week that Ross has been thrown out of a game. Yeah, we'll try to find out more details if we can. It happened very quickly and, and very um, quietly. Let me ask you this, because if you get thrown out for the first game of a doubleheader, are you gone for the entire day? I think it's just that first game. i seen uh, he was in the dugout for the second Okay, game. so you get to come back on that. Okay. Nah, I hate that rule. If you get tossed in the first, you should be gone for the entire day. You don't get to come back. I don't care if it's a new game. It's two separate games. It's treated as two separate dates on a calendar. Sure. Per se, you know? But you know what? I have, to, I, I have to kick you out and then see you later on. I have to call. I have to literally look at you and say, you're out of here. And then be like, hey, what's up? Welcome back. It's, it's game two of this thing. Dude, that, that's bad. They should change that rule. You're right about that. He definitely had to come out and see that same ump in Right. <laughs> like, what is that about? All right. Well, that, that's what happened in the, in the first game, second inning. And then, of course, top of the fourth, Pete Alonzo. Just breaks the hearts of Cubs fans. A 1-0 to Alonzo. He swings and lines one that'll drop in for a base hit in the right field alley. It'll roll all the way to the wall around third. And coming home is Lindor. And cruising in the second base with an RBI double is Alonzo. The Mets strike first. A 1-0 lead over the Cubs on Alonzo's RBI double. He's playing some phenomenal baseball. 
I mean, this year alone, even though he's batting 265, 24 home runs. Wow. That's impressive. As a, you know, as a Sox fan, you see 24 and it just seems like a foreign language. You're like, what? Someone, wait, is it the end of the season? Someone has 24 home runs? Like, that's absolutely crazy. But he's been on a tear. Of course, the Mets taking the lead right there in the fourth, up 1-0. But, of course, Schwindel in the bottom half of the inning gets the Cubs evened up. Schwindel swings and grounds one up the middle and through past a diving Guillaume for a base hit. Horner scores and the Cubs tie up the ball game. An RBI single by Frank Schwindel in his return to the lineup. 1-1 Cubs and Mets here in the last half of the fourth. Felt good to have tied up. Like like Rossi said, man, they were battling. Battling, battling, battling. Kept Kept the game tied. Went into extras. And then, of course... Pete Alonzo doing his thing again to give the Mets the victory in the 11th. Here comes the 2-1. The runner goes. Here's a line fly ball to right field. Tagging at third is the runner. The catch by Suzuki. Here comes the throw to the plate. The slide. He is safe. The ball gets away. Lindor goes to second. Giordame scores the go-ahead run on a sacrifice fly by Pete Alonzo. And the Mets have taken a 2-1 lead here in the 11th inning. Can you can you use the word heartbreaker right there, Caesar? Again, it's not a heartbreaker if if you're not expecting. You're not emotionally invested yeah, in the game. Yeah, not okay. so. If the Cubs were say, you know, two and a half games out and we're battling here, going to the outside break, it might have been a heartbreaker. It's more just I, I would classify it as disappointing. Summertime disappointing. shy. You're at Wrigley. You're watching a really good game and you want them to win that one. The beers are tasting a little bit better if you win that game. You might you might stick around for game two if you win that game. So you're you're a betting uh, man. Are, are, who are you taking a home run derby? Pete Alonso. Uh, I think he's a good candidate. No, nah, dude, Schwerber. <laughs> That's who Caesar said earlier in the show. You know what? I I like the home run derby, but I I I don't think the person that wins is always the person that you think is going to win. I think it's just who gets hot in that moment. So I mean, I don't know. Kind of bummed me out. Game two was a little bit more of the same. Of course, Cubs. Losing in extra innings again. That was the, it is heartbreaking, Caesar. It is heartbreaking. When you lose extras, I don't care how bad your team is. When you're playing a really good team, you want to win. And if you're, if you're losing four to three in the 10th, that, that one, that was a tough one, especially when you had you smiley pitching well, you know, but you were going up against Max Scherzer. That was the only thing. The only guy that was doing some yesterday was Jan Gomez. He ended up getting both the RBIs for the Cubs yesterday. And in the 10th, Morell made it a little close, making it four to three. Let's see if Chris gets something to hit. He does, ripping a base hit up the middle. Rounding third is David Bodie, and he'll score. It's now a four to three ball game. Only one away. Morell delivers. Pat wasn't all the way excited right there, but you could tell he had a little bit of hope left. He's like, hey, you never know. They could pull something off right here, uh, but unfortunately they couldn't. But you know what? I said it today. If you're looking to make some money, bet on the Cubs today. I'm telling you right now, bet on the Cubs today. I got to at least take the run line. I got a feeling they might be in for a good one. Ah, speaking of good ones, that's what's been happening. Talking about baseball for a couple hours has been fun. Matt Spiegel will be back though. I'm only pinch hitting for today, and it's been a good one. I want to thank my guests for today: Lamont Pope of the Chicago Tribune, of course, Zach Kroll from BetQL giving us some betting tips. Keith Law did a fantastic job 
talking about the Major League Baseball draft that happens today. He's the writer for The Athletic. And, of course, Brian Smith, one of the best in the business, talking all things Cubs and the prospects that they have in the farm system. I want to thank producer extraordinaire Cesar Perez. Two Boricuas holding it down here on 670 The Score in the morning. Uh, if, if you want more of me, I'm literally walking right down the hall. I'm going to be on B96 from 12 to 5. Come rock with me. I'm going to do some music over there. And if you're looking for some Cubs action, 12.45 pregame starts. Zach Zayman got the call. And then, of course, 120 first pitch, Cubs-Mets right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Have a fantastic weekend. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Until next time. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.